Chapter 7 The Blood of Sprinkling and the Blood of Abel He said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Genesis 4.10 And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. Hebrews 12.24 This cry of Abel's blood reminds us of the how long of the martyrs, Revelation 6.10, and of the injured widow's avenge me, Luke 18.3, King James Version. It was a cry from the ground where it had been hidden from every eye but God's eye. A cry to God, a cry that brought down a curse. The sprinkled blood is, first of all, the blood that was sprinkled in the tabernacle, which, with all its imperfections, spoke better things than Abel's blood. But it is especially the blood of the Lamb of God as sprinkled on the conscience in believing. In one aspect, the cry of Christ's blood is the same, for it is that blood that now rests on Israel. Through it, the long curse has come upon the nation. But still, this is not the direct and proper meaning or application of the blood. It speaks of better things than that of Abel. 1. It speaks of love, not hatred. It was to Cain's hatred, a brother's hatred, that Abel's blood bore witness. The sprinkled blood speaks of a brother's love, the love of Christ, the love of Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. It is truly of love that the blood so loudly and explicitly speaks. Thus it speaks of better things than that of Abel, for it speaks both of a father's and a brother's love. God is love, is its message. Of the love that passes knowledge, it bears witness to us, love unto death, love stronger than death. 2. It speaks of grace, not of wrath. Because of Abel's blood, God was angry. It was divine wrath that spoke out in his words to Cain. But it is divine grace and mercy that speak in the blood of Christ. The sprinkled blood appeases God and draws out grace. It says, Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Romans 5.20 Grace abounding over divine wrath and human sin. Riches of grace, exceeding riches of grace. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Titus 2.11. These are the voices that come from it to us. 3. It speaks of forgiveness, not condemnation. The blood said, Father, forgive them. Luke 23.34. It was not condemning blood. He who heard of it and believed God's testimony to its meaning and effect was thereby assured of forgiveness. The blood showed the true basis and the true way of pardon. Pardon through the condemnation of another, pardon through the blood shedding, for the blood shedders themselves. Righteous, true, holy, unchangeable, eternal pardon. No condemnation. No, it gave justification through the great transaction on the cross. 4. It speaks of comfort, not of terror. Abel's blood was dreadful to everyone who saw it, full of terror to the murderer alarm to his conscience, remorse to his spirit. Not so with this better blood. Its voice is comfort. It soothes the sinner's terrors. It does not lessen the seriousness of his sin, yet it speaks to him to let him know that the blood shedding that brings him in guilty and deserving of a murderer's death assures him at the same time of the removal of all his fears.
It is indeed nobler, richer blood, the blood of God, and so brings on the shedder more awful guilt. Yet by its appeasing nature, its atoning power, it announces with divine certainty the deliverance from the infinite danger under which they who had shed it had brought themselves. 5. It speaks of peace come, not of peace gone. The blood of Abel said, Peace is gone. Peace has forsaken the earth. It has left man and the families of man. Everything is now hatred, strife, murder, and separation between man and God, between man and man, and between brother and brother. The blood of Jesus tells us that peace has returned. He is our peace. His blood has brought it back to earth. He has made peace by the blood of His cross. It has come. It has come down from heaven. Heaven and earth are meeting. God and the sinner are being reconciled. There is still hope for man. We do not need to despair, as if peace had fled away forever. 6. It speaks of the blessing, not of the curse. Abel's blood spoke wholly of the curse. It brought the curse on Cain and on the earth. It doubled the curse that Adam's sin had brought to the world. Christ's blood blesses and does not curse. Its voice is the voice of blessing. It means blessing in every drop. It meant blessing when it was first shed, and it still means blessing. There is no curse in it except to those who reject it. In it is the fullness of eternal blessing, blessing such as the sinner needs, the removal of the entire curse for soul and body. 7. It speaks of nearness, not of distance, between man and God. Reconciliation, friendship, communion, nearness. All these are contained in it. You who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2.13. No separation, darkness, or uncertainty of relationship, but re-cemented union on the basis of a purged conscience and an everlasting righteousness. Every hairbreadth of a distance that sin had produced is forever swept away. Perpetual nearness, eternal fellowship. This is our portion, secured to us by the righteous removal of all that intervened between us and God, either on God's side or ours. 8. It speaks of the purged, not of the pricked and despairing conscience. Abel's blood spoke to Cain's conscience. It must have been a perpetual pricking and wounding. Christ's blood speaks of purging, healing, and soothing. No more conscience of sins a conscience purged from dead works to serve the living God. Every wound in it healed, every trouble laid to rest, every shadow resting over it dispelled. Not despair, but hope. 9. It speaks of life, not of death. Abel's blood seemed to seal the death of the race. Brother murders brother. What is to be the end of this? But Christ's blood speaks of life, the reversal of a sentence by the payment of the penalty. There was no life through the word and death of Abel. There is life through the blood and death of a son of God. Life from the dead is the voice of the blood, life to the slayers of the prince of life. The voice from the cross was one of life. I give eternal life to them. John 10:28. The voice from the tomb was the same. God made us alive together with Christ. Ephesians 2:5. And 10 it speaks of restoration, not of expulsion. 
It was Abel's blood that made Cain a fugitive and vagabond. Christ's blood brings us back from our wanderings, restores us to paradise, delivers us from exile, and gives us possession of the paradise of God, the heavenly city, and the new heavens and earth wherein dwells righteousness. It is the blood of a Son of God that makes us friends, children, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. Let us receive God's testimony to this blood, this better blood, this blood of the everlasting covenant. The reception of this divine testimony is life, peace, and holiness. Be warned against the rejection of this testimony and trampling on this blood. It is blood which, when sprinkled on the soul, saves, but which, when not sprinkled, condemns. It will sink the rejecter to the lowest hell.